Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead. I'm a dentist, podcaster, and travel agent. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to another episode. I'd like to welcome my co-host for this evening, a uh, guy you probably have heard of before. If you've listened to any other podcasts I've done, you've heard him. Dr. Rich Rosenblatt. Rich, how the heck are you? Al, I'm psyched to be here. I had no idea you were a travel agent, so this is very exciting. I know, right? Like, like how, how helpful is that? I was just talking to you about the fact that uh, I have not made my travel plans uh, to Las Vegas for next month, so I need to get on that. I'm horrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys where I, when it comes to travel, I plan everything like immediately. I hate waiting to the last minute. I can't do it. You're so much better than I am. I'm, I'm terrible. Actually, the last time I took a trip, it was, uh, this is great. I don't know. I might have told this story. I can't remember, but. I, I was going to uh, Seattle and Tacoma. It's taking a course in Tacoma. I actually was going to interview someone at the Coy Center, and I, I somehow made my hotel reservation and and rental car reservation for the wrong night. So I got to uh, the rental car place, no problem. Hertz Gold, no problem. Doctor Mead will add you a night, no problem. So that that like, and I so it didn't really mess with me too much. But then when I got to the hotel and they had no rooms and like no hotels around there had any rooms and it was like two o'clock in the morning, it was, it was pretty awful. It was in Tacoma. So I, I did find a room for like 150 bucks where I slept for like four hours and then left. It was horrible. It's, I can laugh There's about a great it now. App for that, by the way, there's a great app for that called hotels tonight. Oh really? If you show up in a place day of, you get you get like really cheap, awesome, different, be- and they tell you whether it's boutique, whether it's econo, and they'll give you great prices. And they they it's only you can only do it the day of your like the day you want to stay. So you can't do it unless you show up that day. It has to be after like twelve o'clock in the afternoon, and then you can you can get works awesome. Oh my gosh, I totally need that because I am the guy. I, yep. This is I would like to tell you that 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 problem that i'm describing has never happened to me before but it has i've done that more than once it's like calendars are not that tricky yet somehow i struggle i don't know what the, i don't know what the deal is hey i want to i want to butt in and i want to thank my i thank our sponsor premier dental products inspired solutions for daily dentistry is bringing you this show and i just wanted everyone to know that when you support premier or when you support premier you're supporting this show so go check them out we're going to talk a little bit more about it later in the show but so, Rich, you are sort of a travel maven. So when I hear you tell me that I should be getting this app because of my my habitual inability to plan, what other what other you also were sold me on that uh, that uh, suitcase that I have the 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 yeah. the little uh, little sushi roll suitcase. That's a great I thing roll. too. Yeah, I, yeah. That's, now I will say this with a caveat: that suitcase is great for a guy like me, especially who isn't quite long. You know, I'm not exactly the longest guy <laughs> that's out there in strutting the, the, the planet Earth. I see. So I, that little roll bag really does a great job, especially if you're, like, European and you're, like, <laughs> about 5'9 and, like, 160, like, skinny jean guy. It's yep. the best suitcase ever. Now, I'm, like, 
you know, I'm like European mutt, uh, you know, fat. When I short, think when I think squatty, European, I, like, I I do think Rich Rosenblatt. There's no two ways about that. There, fourth, right? <laughs> Was that? But, what do you call me? Euro, European. Euro. Yeah, I like that. But so th- this this thing is cool because you can actually put your your. Uh, the clothes that you don't want to fold, your suits and your stuff like that, and it rolls it around the suitcase. It's a great. And actually, I'm I'm taller than you, and I still have done okay with it. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that suitcase. And if people actually do want that, what you do is you wait. You get it at Men's Warehouse, yeah, and you wait the two for one sale, and then you get one for you, and then one for somebody that you want to get a gift for, and it's like a free gift. It's awesome. It is, and that's kind of a cool. It is a cool good thing because. Men's Warehouse keeps them in stock. Like when I went in there, I literally was like, it was like the day before I was going to leave. You told me to go do it. And I went into, I'd never been into the men's warehouse. And I came in and I sort of looked clueless. And the guy said, can I help you? I'm like, I'm looking for the suitcase. And he's like, right over here, sir. So clearly uh, this is, people know this about men's warehouse, apparently. Well, you know, if you hang out in my little, my little Sarah tribe of the guys I lecture with, it's like, complete skyroll dorkdom like we there's like an army of little skyroll bags like you perusing airport terminals at the same time it's very funny nice so i could like fit in i could fit in because i have yeah. the skyroll i'm like kind of a skyroll like, guy and they wouldn't know that are. i don't have the serac just because i wouldn't say anything about it i just fake you it know, for a you, while i'm with you you, you, <laughs> would, you would blend no one would have any clue and it, it right. really is i I do love that. I get uh, probably every other flight. Somebody always asks me about that bag. You know, that said, that said, this is funny. After all that, I tend to check my bags through. Um, I I know you're not supposed to check up by the way. I know. I know you're not, but I do anyhow. Cause, but Uh, I I will say, so when I have to, when I have to, it was, you know what it was? It was, I was going to Garg's, um, course in the Dominican Republic and you could, you couldn't check a bag through. You had to have a carry on. And so I got uh-huh. it for that. I remember specifically. So this is a couple. This is a couple of years ago. Um, and yep. so, but I tend to. So it is a great bag, but I do tend to check through. And I know that you shouldn't do that. I know that. Um, but I just, I just hate having to fight for spaces and stuff like that on the plane. And by the time I, I'll pay the extra twenty five bucks if I don't have to lug that thing around. On the other hand, you can lose it. I don't. I haven't. I haven't had too much trouble with losing stuff lately. So I don't know. But I don't travel I mean, like you. I, I'm not a traveler like you. Well, I mean, we were at the IDS and we went with our group for nine days and I, and I went in a sky roll in a backpack for nine days. I didn't take a carry on. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yep. Like, wow. But I, did you, did you have to wash clothes? Did you have to wash clothes or were you able to do it without washing clothes? For every day. Wow. That's something. That's amazing. The the key, the the key for me is do a lot of jeans. So the jeans I can, I'll rewear. Don't definitely want to be hanging out with me on gene day one and two, not gene day eight and nine. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that, you know, definitely don't want to be sitting next to me. I felt bad for like Jules or O'Brien, whoever was stuck next to me on the bus at all times. Like, I don't know this guy. I do not know this guy and his three, three day old ravioli on his jeans. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> Everyone got sick as hell on our trip, which was the worst part about it. But I mean, they, I, we, a bunch of us did the same thing, and I just went went there nine days, shirts in the outer part, and so I had like nine, eight days of button downs, and I had t-shirts, and it was awesome. And I really, between that and I didn't take a computer with me, so I just used my my backpack for nice. you know like small stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, you're sort, but you're sort of a. You're a road warrior that way. I mean, this has been how long? How long has it been since you started like traveling for real? I, I mean, 
you and I go back a long ways. You and I go back. We do. You to my office when I bought my practice ten years ago. Yeah. I right in the first couple of months, I had no money to be able to afford to take a course, but I wanted to take an occlusion course. So I had milkers come out and do nuts and bolts in my office, and we had you and me and a couple other people. Frank was there. Uh, Clayton was there, yep. correct? Yep. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, but and we go back even before. Well, yeah, that I mean, with we, we sort of did the ten, the dental town thing before. Yeah, you, I think that was even before. Could that have possibly been before you had a Sarek? Is that a possibility? Well, no, no. I had Sarek back then. I had Sarek for since two thousand and three. Okay, okay. Well, I started on I started on Dental Town in two thousand two. I think I'm pretty sure that's when I started. Yeah, that's when I started. Okay, so I started. Remember my, I didn't really know, I, I had learned about it. I went to take a Bicon course in Boston right after nine. So it was like, it was like April of 9-11. I remember it because it was the opening day of the Boston Red Sox season. And I was, and I'd never been to Fenway. So I went to Bicon. I finished, finished up there and I bought a ticket to opening day. And I had like, First row, I was right up against the green monster, like right against wow. the outfield there. It was awesome. And so I was all excited, and it was right after we went to war in right the, after the nine like, yeah. happened, and we so the Gulf War. So for the first pitch, they had the entire Boston Red Sox team line up on the third baseline, and, and there were 25 kids who had both parents fighting overseas. Oh, my gosh. And they threw out the pitch, okay? So with that, the first pitches go. And then all of a sudden, the bullpen opens, and this tractor comes out with a flatbed like tractor trailer on the back of hitch to it. And Ray Charles comes out and is singing "America the Beautiful." Oh my god! And gosh. the place is going ballistic. So it's going around. He pulls into that. They shut the gate. About thirty-eight seconds later, a torrential downpour comes, and I never saw one pitch. <laughs> they had to cancel the game. Oh my gosh! Cancel wow! Cancel. I went back to my. I went back to the hotel I was staying at in Boston. I gave the bellhop who was helping me out over the weekend during the course because I was there for four days. I gave him my ticket and said, "Here, I I won't ever be back in Boston when they do the rain out. Have great seat." Enjoy yeah, that's right. Like, Enjoy. Oh, no. That's awesome. So they they flat canceled uh-huh. it. There was no going back. How about that? Nope. <clears throat> that's so kind of that, that, that's so awful. They, it's awful and a great story at the same time. It was a great. Yep. <laughs> So, okay, so we started with Dentaltown. We've been doing that for a while. I, I'm sure I met you the first time I went to a Dentaltown meeting. And then, for when, sure. That's when I, I met. And then you asked me when I started, and actually my career started at Dentaltown. So I was doing, well, it really started about 12 years ago. I got into Sarek in 03, and I wanted, to, I wanted to learn how to speak, and I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't know how to do a PowerPoint or anything like that. And so... Um, they so I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start a, a local study club and I'm going to get people to, to show up and share cases. And I'm going to put I'm going to force myself to put stuff together and get in front of a room and speak to a couple of people. And so that was 12 years ago. And I had me my we, we sent out emails to the we probably had maybe 50 Sarek users at the time. Sure. So we probably had like 15 people show up to our first meeting. Mm-hmm. And so that was November of 2005 was the first year that I started the study club. And so now this will be, you know, 12 years later, we are at 585 members of my my study club. That's crazy. So yeah. So we really turned it into something huge. And I lectured basically eight to nine times a year at my study club for the first 
probably yeah, you eight, you nine I remember years that you were the lecturer for a while because and that was sort of how it worked out. It was easiest easiest speaker yep. to get and easiest speaker to, and cheapest. We like that cheapest as well. Cut my teeth doing that, and then would like, and then I'd bring in guys that I knew. Like there was a guy who and became eventually like uh, like the VP of I don't need the global marketing, whatever he was, Roddy McLeod. But Roddy was a Cerex specialist back in Halifax, Nova Scotia, for Patterson when he started, and then got a job with Serona, and then um, you know uh, was working the beta testing forum, and and I Armin Merzian was. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend Roddy. And so he was flying over to lecture for Armin and, and to make Roddy a couple extra bucks. He said, Hey, do you want to lecture at Rosenblatt study club? He's got a nice study club. And I, maybe 90 people showed up back then. This is Oh six. So he couldn't believe that that many people back then were showing up. So he's like, you want to be a beta tester. So I became a beta tester. And then once you start doing that, people start asking you because when you're in the know of stuff before it's coming out, everybody wants you to kind oh, of talk sure. about what, yeah. what's coming. And then Samir started Sarek Docs and Armin and those guys. And, and, uh, and then Sam and T-Bone ran the townie meeting. They, there was their meeting. Mm-hmm. And Sam said, we're going to start a Sarek track, and I want you to speak. I was so nervous. The townie meeting was like, you know, it was a, it was a big meeting sure, yeah. for back in the day. And I didn't know any. I said, I'd love to do it. And so that kind of got me my start. That was really, it was uh, April of 2007, and I've been kind of going pretty hardcore out since then. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's, that's very cool. That's very cool. But, you know, I, I gotta ask you, this is something that, that, um, I can speak to as well, but like, so you started a study club out of nothing. Is that essentially what you're yeah. saying? Okay. So yeah, absolutely. Not. So who are you to start a study club straight out of nowhere? Why, why did, why didn't you have to ask permission or something? Why'd you just do that? I just want to so, know that. So I, I, this is probably, I'm going to probably get in a lot of trouble for saying this. Okay, oh, good. But oh, perfect. I, yeah, yeah. So I figured, but it's you and who else? You know, I figured it's just really you and me talking. No yep. one's really, no one's know. listening. <laughs> this is Fine. just There's it's no just one, between friends. No yeah. So so back in oh oh four or say somewhere around there, before I started the study club, uh, Patterson in Chicago got a um was going to become a training center to teach Sarek. So I was an associate in the dental practice back then. I didn't own my practice. I didn't buy mine till oh seven. So I said um, so. But I really was into Sarek. I mean, we, I was, my office was a very busy practice. We were doing a ton, 100 Sereks a month between me and my boss. Sure. Wow. And really doing a, just a lot of, you know, just a lot of dentistry we were doing. And so I had a lot of experience, even though there was no, like, Sarek docs. This is way pre-Sarek doctors, everything. So they were interviewing for trainers. And I've always wanted to teach. It's always something since I was young that I've always wanted to do. And my office, even though we bought all our equipment from Patterson, we bought all our consumables from Shine. Okay. And so they, they didn't think that I, first of all, they thought I was a partner, I think. And then they didn't, because we were buying from Shine, they didn't even interview me. <laughs> so, and so two guys got the job. And basically, listen, it's, it's definitely a perk, you know, as a trainer, I would think that, you know, you got to be, not only have to be a Sarek user, but listen, they want to give it to people who are very pro Patterson and they probably just didn't think I was. And sure. That's, that's fine. And so, but I don't like not getting my way. I really don't. It really pisses me off. Yeah. So I just said, well, I'm definitely going to get my way. So what, I, what was the way I was going to do that? Well, I had to become a valuable resource that people would have to add that, that Patterson's hand would basically be forced. Sure. So I, so I went around the corner. I backhanded it. And I said, so that's when, like, when um, I start, first I said, I'm going to start a study club. 
I mean, who's, you know, why not? Let's just, I'm going to start something that I'm just going to, I was hoping it would just be like a, a club that people would get up and, you know, I'll do the, I'll do in February, you do April. Nobody ever volunteered. So it was only me. So then I had <laughs> Gotta to, love that. Step forward now. That yeah. was the problem. That's yeah. why I did so much lecture. Nobody got up. Yeah. So then I had to go up and, and, and we we're very similar. We like to use humor and things like that. So I get up and make people laugh and I could never be a comedian, but all of a sudden I got this little bug going, wow, I'm up here making people laugh and giving them some tidbits. So that kind of fueled my fire. And then Roddy thing happened. And then Roddy asked me to be a basic uh, beta tester and I wasn't a trainer. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden who's, and then, and then when I became a beta tester, Serona made me, they had something back in the day called a Serona certified speaker. And there were only 12 of us. Okay. I think back in the day, it was like me and James Klim and Sam and, and Scrammy and um, a couple of guys. It wasn't Dan Patikney and, and um, Dennis Fassbinder, guys like that. And that was it. So now I'm, I'm going out and speaking around the country for Serona and the certified, you know, as a Serona certified speaker, yet I'm not a basic trainer. So wow. I think it started to, I, they started to get a little pressure. So sure. back in like, you know, right, right around 06, 07, they started to ask me, oh, well, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll give you one day. And then the next year I got three. And then the next year I got half. And then they kind of spiraled from there. Interesting. Interesting. So I, so I did, so, so that, so there was, you know, I, it wasn't completely completely altruistic, although now it completely is altruistic. I don't need the study club anymore, but it's become such a big resource locally for my docs who have become my friends that they really enjoy the camaraderie of getting to meet each other, great commonality. We can share stories. We, we have lunch or dinner an hour before, and then we just somebody speaks for two hours. And even though I don't really speak too much at it anymore because they've heard me so much over the years um, – it really is, is something that if I start slowing down, people are like, well, when's the next lecture? So, um, so I've not been able to kill it. And now I have guys like Anthony Ponzio and Mina Barsoom who have really helped me to kind of keep things going. I had a great CERT specialist who had left a, he left a few months ago, unfortunately. But now we have another really good one, this guy, Andrew, and he is going to try. He's been helping me spearhead emails and doing all that. So there's a lot of, of help from them. And Patterson's really good about, you know, understanding from a local perspective how important it has been for it's got to be huge for someone who's just starting in the area like that's that's a huge thing because it's one thing to when you're in a smaller area you have to travel a lot of times to do the training or whatever i'm telling you what this has got to be a huge resource to have all these people who are all kind of going in the same direction in the chicago area yeah and it just gives people like people exchange email addresses and i always give them mine and my cell phone and i have people i had one Call me today, you know, when it's not even a doctor, it's an assistant of one of the doctors in my group, just, you know, emailing me about, hey, I, this like, happened, can you can take a look at these pictures, and I send the email. I mean, I respond back immediately all the time, no matter who texts me, because I don't like waiting for answers, so I don't sure. like people waiting for answers for me, so I, I'm always really good about being very quick and not making people wait too long. I guess I, the thing that I love the most about this story is the fact that you just started one, you didn't wait around for... You didn't wait around to make sure it was okay. You could start one, or you didn't. And, and I mean, I I reflect yeah. back. It's very similar to the uh, when Jason and I started the dental hacks. Like like, I kept feeling like we were supposed to check with someone to make sure it was okay or whatever. And then after we're like, screw this. No one else was doing it the way you know. This is what I would want to listen to. I guess I'm just going to start this. And and what was really cool is uh, you know I sort of became. Um, I sort of became the expert podcaster just by doing it, not by not you know right. not by waiting in line or taking a course or 
or whatever. I just I sort of I sort of see the fact the fact that you started the study club, you sort of you started your own wheel spinning is what it came down to. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. And I think other people if if you have ideas like this, you know it's okay to do that. You don't have to ask permission to do stuff like this. You know, like like you can make something happen. It's a really good it's a really good comparison in all honesty and I tell people all the time like I get so I'm I'm just using Serik now as you're using the the podcasting thing mm-hmm. for me I get I get doc uh, Serik specialists and and doctors from other parts of the country that hear like oh your study club is so good and so you know consistent and how do you do that and really you hate saying that but the answer is me because I'm the one who can even I don't get paid to do it I've never mm-hmm. gotten paid a dime in 12 years I make no money we don't charge for my study club it just it's something when you get, you know, and now that may change. Who knows if that changes in time, because at some point in time, there's only so much time I have to give, sure. especially when there's no financial backing behind it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, even the, the, there's so much good stuff um, that, you know, people support that we get from it. And you, you said it, you have to take the initiative exactly. and it's okay if it's not there then make it there, but then don't give up on it when it gets a little hard. And, you know, if you want it to work, you have to be the driving force behind it. Nobody yep. else is going to sit there and be like, okay, you, it's all. And if, if you're Pat, you love the podcast. Mm-hmm. So there's no way you were going to let it die. And every week, you know, I mean, listen, I was part of the original brain truck yeah. Oh, yeah. and it was always that, that, you know, we, we speak, you know, very frequently online um, behind the scenes yep. on Facebook and whatever. Yep. And it was always like, Hey guys, you know, I'm going to do it. Who wants to do the brain trust tonight? And mm-hmm. you know, you was you spearheading that and, that's what it should I, be. I kind of want. I kind of want everyone to think that people were just bashing down the door, but no, it was pretty much. I would just rustle people up to and 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 do it. But what is funny is is it's like it's a good point. You got to keep pushing. But is there anything like more satisfying than when you actually see the dividends come back and you're like this? It's it's almost you know it's got a life of its own. You know your study club would be if you if you just stop doing it, your study club would be wickedly missed. You know it's like it's cool that that you sort of made something out of nothing. I love that. You know, you're now you're on a much bigger scale. You reach way more people than I do. But even just from my local niche, I mean, it's a fair amount of doctors and even assistants. So beyond just the members and I mean, we have assistants and stuff that aren't part of this, the list, but they read the emails because I send out long emails probably on a weekly, every other weekly basis about this is what's coming up. You know, I give everyone a couple of months because I know we have to block out our schedule, but it's when you know, you do something like somebody comes in and trusts you and then they, they're like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. And I kind of, you walk them through and then they, they come to a speaker to kind of get some ideas. And then they get, send you that email a couple of months later saying, you really, you've changed the way that I do things in my office and I can't, and it, and, and it, I've never been happier or whatever it is. And, and to know that you're giving that, that's for me, what, why I do this. It's that, that, that amazing feeling that you get probably all the time when you're walking around at a voices of dentistry and people come up to you or when you're, you know, you get the emails cause I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, you give your email address out and, mm-hmm. and they just give you those nice compliments about how that, you know, you make a really tough day tolerable at the end to make them laugh or whatever. And it's, I love that. I it's, think it's that, been, that it's is, been uh, huge. It's been huge. People take advantage of Would you like to never fear taking an impression again? Whether you're taking a conventional impression or you're scanning, my friends at Premier Dental Products have the perfect solution for making impressions a piece of cake from here on out. Now, 
what I like to do is a modified version of that double chord technique you've probably heard about from everyone. Uh, what I like to do is I place my chord of choice. My chord of choice is Knit Pack from Premiere, but that's another that's another ad spot. But then what I do is I place the biggest one I can get down into the sulcus. Sometimes I treat it with hemodent. Sometimes I don't. Depends on the situation. Then I take Traxident. And this Traxident is uh, it's a paste. You can use Traxident alone. If you don't need a lot of tissue retraction, I highly recommend it. But um, you put the Traxident on top of the cord, right? This is really cool. It's This is where like the double the double cord, except it's not really double cord. It's like cord and then paste. Then I take a retraction cap and I, I put that on top of the Traxident, let the patient bite on it for about two minutes. Now this is where it gets cool. You pull that off and uh, Traxident rinses so cleanly with just water and, and there's no bleeding whatsoever. I leave the cord right in there so I can see my margins clear as day. So in the double cord technique, you pull the second cord and you hope for the best. But you know you're going to get those clean and, and uh, completely clean prep with no blood, no debris, anything like that. Premier has really thought this stuff out. You guys really need to try this. So instead of the double cord t- technique, try the cord and traxident technique. Now, traxident is great stuff, but the cool thing is it comes in their own little compules now. So single use, very good stuff. You're crazy if you haven't tried this stuff. Traxident and their attraction caps can make your impressions so much easier, so much more consistent. Really worth a look. So check that out. Premier Dental Solutions, they're providing inspired solutions for daily dentistry. I, I have to tell you that like to the point where hearing that stuff is is pretty much enough. You know, it's like, it's like and I and I never really yeah. knew that it was gonna be like that either. It was not that was I I never knew that it would happen like that, but it's it's cool because I think um, the podcast in particular lets people realize that, um, you know, it's not all glorious, um, you know, you know, 14 over 14 crowns and patients accepting treatment and paying and it's not all glorious. You know, a lot of times you deal with the, you slog through the crap. I think that the more people hear that, the more they, I mean, everyone, you know, all of us have really bad days sometimes, (laughs) you know, and it's nice to know that other people do. I'm laughing because I was thinking of, I have a text chain of by some of my friends that are all and you know a lot of them and they're all nuts and 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 I said it really makes you look forward to having when you have a crappy day you get it and one somebody was talking about how much do you guys charge for a lateral sinus window like in amongst my friends one of them was asking the question. So somebody throws an answer out and it start talking about lateral sinus windows and I just chime in I said well I did eight sealants today yeah you know I mean so it's it's know, so 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 if someone asked me how much I, how much for a lateral window sinus, I'd say I would, if I were to do that, about two million dollars. I think I, I might do it for two million dollars. I might do it for that. But I, no, but I, I do. It is it is funny though because it's like uh, lately. I will tell you this. This is a struggle I've been having. Right, like it's it's like a great and terrible thing at once. Um, I I am in a. I don't see a ton of. I don't maybe treat a ton of big cases. A lot of a lot of. We're pretty insurance based, you know. My whole area is kind of we're not. You don't see a lot of big cases come through the door. But here's the thing: we got a bunch of new patients. Like new patients have been coming in like crazy. We can barely keep up, which is awesome. But like, I literally, I'm not that confident about treatment planning the big cases because it's just so rare that 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 I've run across that. So now I'm getting these people, and I don't even for the, those kinds of cases. I don't really even know where to start in a lot of cases. And these patients are looking for me to really, they, you know, they look to me at, to know this stuff. And I'm like, 
you know, I don't want to look him in the eye and say, I'm completely overwhelmed. I know where, I don't know where to start. So it's like, I realize now, uh, if I am going to keep doing this, I need to, I need to up my game again. I need to learn the stuff, like all the treatment planning stuff that I learned early on in my career and realized that I just didn't have the patient base to, to use. Well, geez, yep, now shit, now it. I need it. So I, yep. I got to go back and like, I think I'm going to have to go back and take the facially generated treatment planning from Spear. I mean, I took it, God, a That's thousand a years course. ago. What's yeah, that? It's such a yeah. It's, it's everyone says it. Everyone course. says they take it five times. You know that's totally cool. But like, yeah. I'm looking at it, going, I need some resources. I honest to God don't even know where to start, and that's not what I want people. That you know, like, shoot, I finally, right. I'm not. It, it isn't so much effort to get these patients in my office anymore, and now I don't. Where to get now it, I get them. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I'm like, shit. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, all I, my I've life seen. I've been looking for patients like this, and now I don't really even know where to start. <laughs> Where I'm leaving tomorrow, I'm working till five, and then I'm heading out. You know, I took the summer off, and I know we were kind of talking about the various things we were going to kind of cover today. And mm-hmm. one of the things I decided to do, my oldest daughter is going away to college yeah. in two weeks. She starts two weeks from Saturday, University of Wisconsin, Madison. Nice. She wants to be a biomedical engineer, and she wants to make vaccines. That's what she thinks she wants to do, nice. which is awesome. She's And so... And I have been traveling for 10 years, non, I mean, really the last seven, nonstop, an sure. average of 35 plus maybe 40 weeks a year on some of my busier years. And I've just given up a lot of personal time. So I just said, you know, I'm taking the summer off and I'm, and I'm hanging with my kids, but uh-huh. my youngest one, nine, we're going to be 10 next month. She was away at overnight camp. So I knew she was coming back at the end of this weekend. Yeah. So I, I didn't have any, I, I had a lot of time. So I said, you know what? I'm, since I'm deciding that my office is getting crazy busy, like you're saying, and my travel schedule is lightening up a little bit. I'm going to start taking some of the classes, like you said. So that's exactly what I said. I said, I, what, what drives me crazy? It was like occlusion, and I want to start thinking about things like that. So I'm taking Spears occlusion in Seattle. Nice. I, the, the great thing is I throw out a text message to my friends, and they're all like, oh, I'm in the mentor group. I get a, I get a Spear course. I get it. So I, now like 12 of us are going out to take the Spear course oh, together good, this weekend. Oh, so good. That's awesome. God knows what's going to happen. But – but that's I'm doing the same thing. I'm now going to start committing myself to about two of those a year to get into even to just like a restorative design to like how do you do how do you prep a big anterior case uh, in a um, you know in a not an aesthetic way in a yeah. in a conservative way and I want to get more into stuff like that and so that's really I'm going to start focusing things out that way and stop worrying so much about teaching everybody else and take some time to teach myself. No, that's you know, that's really committed. good. And the story is like your expertise can be hyper-focused. Um, like, like, I mean, you're used to teaching people the workflow of a CEREC, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, translate to like, I don't know, full case treatment planning or occlusion or, you know, for big stuff. I, I totally get it. And I feel like I've a lot of the CE, I take tons of CE, but it, it's not necessarily well, the one thing that I can be faulted for is, I'm all over the place, you know, like I'm, I, I, I never had a plan to do it this way so I could get to a certain place. I just kind of take courses as they come up and, and are convenient for me. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. I like going places where I can interview people <laughs> for the podcast. You know, I like, I like doing the stuff where I can now dental meetings are different for me because it's all about interacting with people that I can, that I can, you know, uh, sure bring into the show. So that's cool. But I, I will, ha- I have to say, I've not, I've not been very organized with how I, how I've been learning stuff like this. And now, now I'm running into this thing where I'm just sort of overwhelmed on, on how to, where to even start with bigger cases. Cause now they're actually showing up in my office wanting my help and I don't know how to do it. It's just ridiculous, but it's cool that you're doing that. But the other thing is, is like, so you have a daughter going off to college. How does that feel? What's how you, how are you doing with that? You know what? Um, 
I'll tell you in two and a half. I, the, 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 I guess the pool is probably going on. Who's going to cry more, me or my yeah. wife? No, I know. So I will, I'll definitely cry harder initially. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to cry like a whiny little crazy bitch. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> but once I, once I get past it, you know, like go, I'll be cool. Like I, I'm excited. She's going, I'm going to see her a bunch. Cause I'm going sure. up for like a, the Michigan Wisconsin game. Nice. We got parents weekend. We got a bunch of things to do, but my wife, who my daughter and my wife are insanely close. They, my daughter for many years before we bought her a bigger, like a queen size bed, she had two twin beds mm -hmm. growing up. And so one bed she slept in and one was against the, the, her back wall in the corner. Mm -hmm. And my wife and her are late night owls. Yeah. So I go to bed, I, you know, as soon as there is like dusk, my eyes are like you me, shutting man. together with sunset. Yep. And I got to, at nine o'clock, my kids know I'm in bed. My wife and my daughter can be up until one in the morning and they call it the lounge. And so they would sit in the lounge and talk. And, and my wife I, is going to be devastated because she's really not going to have that confidant that she, she and have the my night daughter have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, Madison, so Madison, that, what is Madison four hours from Chicago? Not two even? hours from my house. Oh, two. So two even hours. Okay. So you're, you're, you're relatively close then. The reality is you could pretty much go, go see her whenever if you wanted to. Now, that being said, I was a college kid. I don't want my mom coming up to see or my dad coming up to see me every weekend. So I will obviously let her ask us. But if she wants us to come up, we'll, I mean, she says on a Saturday night, I wish you guys could be here for breakfast. I'll be there for breakfast. It's yeah. not a big deal. That's awesome. My, okay, you know? so my parents, I went to uh, Miami of Ohio for undergrad, which is outside of Cincinnati. Yep. And uh, it was a six-hour drive from home, almost almost to the minute six-hour drive. And and um, I was in the marching band, <laughs> which which is it's so funny because, um, like, marching band in my high school was n the nerdiest thing you could do. And marching maybe marching band's the nerdiest thing you can do. I don't know. But I was in, you know, we had a tiny little marching band in high school, nothing to write home about. And then we went to Miami, Ohio, and they have a great marching band. Unfortunately, when you're, yep. when you're in Ohio at Miami University, Ohio State has probably the best marching band ever anywhere. In the world. And, and so what happens is Miami is, plays the redheaded stepchild because they're freaking amazing. They're, they are Big Ten quality, but it's, you know, when Ohio State is in your state, it's sort of, in any case, we had a great marching band, and it was probably one of the best things I ever did in college. And so my parents both went to Eastern Michigan for undergrad, and um, they weren't, you know, they didn't have a big tradition at Eastern that they would follow through with. So by the time I was a junior, my parents drove down for every home game for uh, oh my god yeah so like it's six hours one way and they would stay in cincinnati and they would watch the they were there because and part of it was yep they wanted to come see their son march and part of it was i think they kind of enjoyed the whole you know the miami university tailgating and and, and and the football yeah. games and, and it really was when i was there it was it was sort of the classic college football experience but you didn't have to deal with like the traffic in ann arbor and the it, it was really great so like I didn't mind them coming down as much. You might be surprised because the thing is, is you don't have to be all in there. Two hours is great, dude. Two hours. Honestly, two hours, you could go up for dinner on an evening if you really wanted to or something like that. That's fantastic. I love that. I, uh, when, my, when my guys go to school, I hope they go close enough, far enough that they feel like they're far enough away from me, but close enough that we can see them often because I, I totally get it. I have to say, too, what's really funny, I, I tend to think of you as like the father of the year every year. I, uh, all the pictures that I see on Facebook of you, you guys are always doing awesome things. And what last weekend I saw you were, you were at Lollapalooza again. Is that right? It was. Well, it was great because O'Brien, Darren O'Brien came in. I, you know, a school made of yours. Um, 
And, yeah, this is uh, this. I, do have to, I my, think it's worth mentioning. This is crazy because Darren and I were were in dental school. We were pretty tight. We were. Um, he was married, and so he he didn't live in the Sci Omega house, but he kind of might as well have lived in the Sci Omega house because we all hung out together like crazy. And so Darren and I were, you know, we were close to inseparable th- throughout dental school. Then lo and behold, you know, I I knew he'd moved to Oregon, and I knew that. And I knew that he'd kind of gotten into Sarek loosely. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, you and he are like best friends. I'm like, the world is pretty small when you think about it. It's kind of amazing. Really, our world, especially in dental, is really, really it small. It really can be. And it really so, can be. And it's one of those things where, you know, my, my kids didn't play sports. I, was, I grew up playing soccer. I was a golfer. I played a lot of sports all through high school. And my kids didn't play baseball. My kids did not. My son never took the sports. He loves music. He loves, he's a, you know, he's a real cerebral kind of a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just built, he just built a video, like a tabletop video game. Like oh, wow. that's what he wants to do. So, um, so I knew early on when I got into this whole lecturing thing, my neighbor across the street from me, one of my better friends here where I live, he, he had kids who were maybe two years older than mine. And he would tell me like, he would take, he has three also like I do. And he would say to me, you know, I'm going away with my son. We're going to go to a couple of, uh, you know, he's a big baseball fan. We're going to go to a couple of different stadiums. And then I'm taking my daughter. I'm, I'm like, why don't you all go together? He goes, because I work a lot. And this is the way that I get to make memories with each one individually. He goes, it's really a great thing. You should try it. And I started doing the same thing. I get, I take my little one away with me mm-hmm. when I go to like, she, where she's only nine. So if I go to Canada, for instance, my sister lives in Montreal. So my sis, I'll lecture up there. I'll bring my, my daughter. She comes with me, stays with me for a little bit. I drop her off at my sister's and she gets to hang with her cousins. And then we stay for a few days and we, it just my so that's what I do with my, my, my kids. So Lollapalooza at music, we go, we see a lot of concerts. Oh so yeah. Yeah. I you see tons week. of concerts. It's awesome. It was, it, it, yeah. And that's really what I do this year. My last year, my daughter, this past year, this year, you know, in March spring break for some reason in our town, in our a couple of towns around me, they started this senior spring high school senior spring break where the parent and the kid who's graduating go on a spring break together. Like the whole friend group goes out and spring breaks it somewhere. That's awesome. So you know, my daughter and all her friends they wanted to go to Mexico because you can drink at eighteen, and my <laughs> wife loves to go to Mexico. So they all went and brought their show to Mexico. All right, <laughs> so, so awesome. Have a great time. My son doesn't drink. He doesn't want to drink. He doesn't. So, but he loves music. So he, and he's got three friends. He's like a total mm-hmm. awesome, sweet nerd. And I, and I don't even say it anything to write. I love I get it. every fiber about it because he's so good and he's so nice. And so, and he likes to spend time with me and I, nothing means more to me than that. So yeah. I said, so we were thinking New Orleans with him and his two friends or, well, he's got five friends, but two since he's had since kindergarten. And that's so that, first off, that's that's friends, amazing too. That is so cool that he's had like lifelong friends. That's fantastic. Well, my my oldest friend, who I just got off the phone with this morning today when I got off of work, because he was he's a dentist. Also, my dad and his dad were partners. Okay, they went to dental school together, served in the Air Force, and ap- happened to get stationed at the same base and lived five houses apart from each other oh when they gosh. when they stationed them. So my I call him my uncle. My uncle Jeff had his son Kenny in April fourth of sixty nine. I was October thirtieth, and we <laughs> shared a crib. You know, since the day I was born, I've known him longer sure. than anybody. I've known best man at my wedding, like the whole nine. So he's still my oldest friend. You know, almost fifty years. And so anyway, my son will kind of be the same. Well, I start talking to his dad about he knows I love to travel. 
So I'm like, we're thinking about New Orleans because he's like, I want to book this trip. Okay. He goes, but I have a little change in plans. Where do you want to go? China. We're going <laughs> to China for my break. <laughs> Are you really? That's so cool. Swear to God. Oh, my God. Swear to God. That well, is what crazy. was crazy was, so I, my buddy and his sons, that none of them are athletes. They like to hang out. They like to eat great food. They like to see places, history. And they were watching the Travel Channel, and they were watching a thing on eat food in Shanghai. And the two of them are sitting there going, we got to go to Shanghai. <laughs> and he starts looking up. It was $635 round trip to fly direct to Shanghai from Chicago. Really? Wow, I'm shocked. That's like that's shoot. That's amazing. That's like that's like Detroit to Vegas for crying out loud. Correct. So I was like, you got to be kidding! I, it cost me more money to fly to Calgary. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, this is nuts. So I start looking into it, and then I, 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 you know, I have a lot of points from all the travel. So I start looking, and one of the other guys travels a little bit. So he's a Starwood Marriott guy. A JW Marriott in in Shanghai or Beijing was fifteen thousand points a night. JW Marriott. That's amazing. So it cost me like it cost me nothing for this trip. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm like, kinda it is. So I hired a private tour guide yeah. that I found online, TripAdvisor, and this guy it is my tour guide for this. He got he sent me a picture of his car. We it's it's a big SUV. Nice. And he'll drive us to the Great Wall of China, and we're gonna do a two hour hike, and he's gonna give us the history of the Great Wall, and it's like 150 bucks all in for all six of us total. Oh my god, including tip. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yep. When did, so that's that's for spring break. So it'll be like the end of end of March, like March thirtieth. It's like a fifteen and a half hour flight. Oh so my gosh, yeah. I said to, I said to myself, I said his his buddy said oh, I'm going to get Economy Plus. So I said all right, and I said to Jack, do you want to sit in Economy Plus? We can, but I would like to upgrade us to business. I don't want I want if I'm going fifteen and a half hours, I want. Hell to yeah! Oh my gosh, I, worth I every penny. No. So I said, but I, I understand. If you want to sit back there, we can sit next to them. And he goes, Dad, are you kidding me? Be, I'll see them for eight days. That's right. They, they can eat my dust. I love it. So immediately was in on that upgrade. That's awesome. So, that is, yeah. so you're going to freaking China. That is very cool. I, I am. You, are, you, you, really, I you really are father of the year. Let me tell you my father of the year story. So uh, last, last uh, well, it was Sunday. So it was just Sunday. So we... We now we are now a four kayak family. I have uh, Sean is nine; he'll be ten next month, and, and uh, he's the one. Who's, I saw the pictures. It yeah, was awesome. Yeah. That, that, well, they're, I, first off, they're fantastic. both, and Jake is seven, so they both have their own boat now. That they and they're very proficient. We're on not a not a particularly tough river, but <laughs> here's the father of the year part. We went <laughs> we went uh, kayaking, and of course, it, we we kayaked right into a thunderstorm, right into the teeth of a freaking thunderstorm. And Jake is nervous. He's like, the, he was worried, you know, thunder and lightning. He's like, are we going to get hit by lightning? And you remember how when you were little, if your dad or mom said it, it just was, you know? So I told him and I said, I said, well, you know, we're probably safest right on the river because lightning is going to hit the highest part. So it's going to hit the trees or the or something up higher. So we're very safe. Now, I have no idea if that's true. I really don't know. I'm, I'm going off of... <laughs> Uh, but but I said it in a convincing enough way where he didn't even worry. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm the most horrible person in the world. Maybe we should have pulled off and waited it out. But so, but but like you know, and it was one of these things where you're like, okay, it's thunderstorming. The whole like for 15 minutes, it was like chasing us. You could hear the thunder, and it sounded like the skies were were going to open up on us. But it, but it didn't. I'm like, are we going to miss this? And I'm like, no, we didn't. We got nailed bad. 
and and it just kept coming. We were probably we were probably paddling in the hard rain for forty five minutes, and I have to tell you, oh. they didn't they didn't complain at all. They didn't complain at all, and they're just like, this is what kayaking is. And is and I, since Dad said it's okay, it's no big deal. I'm like, God, I, I I hope I'm not wrong about this. But it was it was a total blast. It was still a total blast. And and frankly. Sean, my nine-year-old, is so good. He's like showing off. He's like, I was trying to stay in the back to make sure that I was no one was getting behind me, so we all kind of stayed together. And Sean, he would every once in a while peel off and turn around just to sort of show off. This is a freaking nine-year-old running his own boat. It was awesome, so great. So, Wes, we're doing. They'll remember. They'll remember the crazy like rainstorm day over the a hundred kayak trips you'll do. You probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. You know, and that's why I love stuff like that. I love. When, you know, I'll give you a, for a like, a, a, not, this is not a father of the year award, but there <laughs> yeah. was a place, I mean, there was a place in Chicago. And like I said, we're foodies and we like, we, we like the whole, everything about the experience of going to like these crazy places. And my son and I and mm-hmm. his friends know, like, I'll give you a, for instance, I'll tell you the story in a sec. But when we were going to China, my buddy who suggested it is one of these guys where he's an analyzer. He's like, well, maybe we'll do this and we'll do that. And he overanalyzes and thinks about stuff. Mm-hmm. And when we sat at Starbucks, the six of us with the boys saying, this is your trip, but here's some ideas and we need you guys to decide. Jacob, the son of the guy who suggested China mm-hmm. says to his dad, dad, I'm so excited. Rich is going. And he's like, yeah, he's fun. It'll be a good time. He goes, no, no, that's not why. He goes, Rich is fun. He goes, but he goes, you're an an, you're an analyzer. He's a doer, and we'll just do lots of great stuff because he's going to be there. Nice. And so it made laugh because I don't like to. I just am like, this looks fun. Let's do it. Yeah. You know. And and so one of the times was there was a great hot dog place in Chicago called Hot Dogs. Do you Mm -hmm. ever hear of Hot Dogs? Yes. Yes. So and so Doug was like this master purveyor of the sausage. And so when he did, you know, he had a couple of staples, but then he, every day he had like new game ones and, and he was there every day. It was his way of doing it. And he finally got to the point, I guess, where he's like, I just need a break. And he wouldn't sell to anybody because he didn't want the name, I guess, to go downhill. So he doesn't do it. Actually, he, now he has a stand in Wrigley Field. So he does have a little thing here, but, okay. um, so as it was closing down, the, the lines for this thing, it used, you used to have to wait like 40, 40 minutes for a sausage. Now it's like the week before. And Jake, Jack is telling his buddy Jacob about this. And he said, we got to go, Dad. It's the last week. We got to go. So I said, guys, the line's going to be probably like two and two and a half hours. And Jacob's like, oh, it's fine. We sat on the line and waited for sausages for five hours. Wow. Five hours. And I'm going, they're going to kill me. And they sat in line and played games with the people in front and back of them and the ninja and all. I don't know what games or they knew the game. I didn't know what the hell they were playing, cracking up, people telling stories. It was it became like a whole family thing. for Wow. And they this four years, they still talk about it. And I'm like, this is good. And, and everybody, all the parents are like, who would do that? I said, you know what I got to do? I got to sit with my kid uninterrupted for five hours. Yeah. Who gets to do that? And you've got the story so of the I, closing of hot dogs. You were there. That's that's epic. That's freaking yep. huge. Yep. I love that. Yep. So so I love I love that kind of stuff. That's great. Rich Rosenblatt, we've been going for forty five minutes. That's about how long we do it for the Allen Meat experience. So clearly we're gonna have to do this again. But this was super fun. Man, I really appreciate you doing this. Al, it's always great talking to you and I like when it's not just about dentistry too. Oh, You're no, one that's of my what favorite in the world. 
to chat with bar, bar none. Our friendship goes back a long way. And, yeah. and it's always an honor when you give me a little text message and say, Hey, uh, would you do one whatever? I'm always open to, to talk anytime. You know that. Awesome. Dr. Rich Rosenblatt. Thanks for being on the Alan experience. And we'll catch you another time soon. Look forward to it. All right. You know, the drill. If you have any questions or comments, Alan, A-L-A-N, at the Alan Mead Experience. And hey, go check out the Alan Mead Experience private Facebook group. You need to look us up, and then uh, we ask you one question. There is a code word to get in. The code word is still Premier. So go ask for an invite, and give me the code word Premier, and you'll be in. We've got about 75-ish members. It's a really cool group, and we'll talk to you again next week.